0: Rafer, it's a very special week at the movies.
1: And why do you say that, Kristen?
0: Because it includes something that we both care about quite a bit, something that we don't see very often. We're seeing three movies this week, all starring women, co-starring yes. women. That's right. It just I mean, This is outstanding. When is the last time this has happened? Has this ever happened to us it's on true. this entire podcast that the Bechtel test is not just passed, but... Hitting it out of the ballpark. That's all, true. All the movies this week. Women having conversations with women, doing things women do, including mess up yep. and maybe uh, accomplish certain things and maybe have some adventures and all that stuff.
1: Change society.
0: All that. Change that the matter. world. Change the world. Exactly. All of that. So we have three movies this week. The first one is called She's Beautiful When She's Angry. That's a documentary. We also have... Uh, Sort of a romantic comedy, best friend, indie movie starring Leighton Meester called Life Partners. And then we have the big release, the big box office superstar movie, Reese Witherspoon, on an adventure based on a true story called Wild. And... We'll also have some movie therapy later in the show and, as usual, trivia. But before we get to all of that, let's introduce ourselves.
1: I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday.
0: And I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture producer for The Takeaway. And this is Movie Date. Now women be wise, keep Can do.
1: Kristen, I feel kind of left out.
0: Well, it's time you say something then. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I was babbling and babbling and babbling back there. I just
1: mean out of this week in general. Oh! Where no, am I on the screen, Kristen? Where am I?
0: There are not enough places for men in this world.
1: I'm not seeing myself. <laughs> okay. The first movie we're going to talk about is uh, a documentary. It's called She's Beautiful When She's Angry. Uh, I love this title because... It's kind of a classic dismissive belittling thing that uh, men tend to say about women. Um, and this documentary is about the women's rights movement in the late 60s and the early 70s. Really one of the more turbulent, chaotic, uh, threatening, uh, and uh, I think progressive times um, in the battle of the sexes, uh, which is probably actually, now that I think of, of it,
0: sex is even a bad
1: term to use. But... You know, it kind of was back then. I mean, when you're trying to take power away from the people who are in power, you're going to get some backlash. And these women did. Uh, the documentary is by Mary Dore, uh It includes a whole host of people you'd recognize. My favorite being Rita Mae Brown.
0: Mm, Rita Mae Brown obviously is a great hero, but also people from all sides of the movement, including the women's health movement, including yes. women who... Um, are looking at workplace issues, economic issues, reproductive issues, uh, you know, across the
1: board, race issues. Here's a clip. There was a woman who worked in the Wall Street area. She was very well endowed. And men would wait for her outside the Wall Street train station. And they would pinch her, make sucking noises at her. And I thought, this is... Pretty disgusting. So Kristen, I just I have to say, this is sort of more your movie than my movie. Oh what do you
0: mean? This is I'm just saying. You know you're married to a woman.
1: That's true, I am.
0: I think your mom's a woman. That's true, <laughs> she is. Your co-host is a woman. Your life is filled
1: I'm with women. I'm just saying, it's about a movement that I'm sure speaks more directly to you than it does to me. What did you, what did you think of this? And you, and, I'm, and also, you probably know more about this movement than I do. But what did you think of this film?
0: You know, it. Um, do you know the great film professor and filmmaker? He did documentaries, George Stoney, who taught at NYU yes. for over 50 years. I know the name. He's wonderful. And I, and I studied with him at one point when I was in grad school. And he, uh, we were talking about the black civil rights movement in America, and we were watching a series of films, documentaries about that whole era. And one of the things that I remember him saying in front of the class is, he said, what changed in America? After hundreds and hundreds of years of being oppressed, what changed in America? And the room was all silent because it's like, well, what's the right answer to that? There's so <laughs> right. many things. And he said black people rose up and took what was theirs, what they had been denied. And I thought about that. And he said, you know, he said, it's not enough for some people to sympathize or to have guilt or to feel bad. You are seeing a movement in these films where black people rose up and took what they were being denied. And that's why it worked. Mm -hmm. They rose up and they took it. And that's really what's happening in this film as well. Women are rising up and saying... Hey, I am not going to be denied this anymore. I should not be earning half of what you are for doing the same job, dude, because I don't have a dick. Right. I should be able <laughs> to, you know, with the same qualifications, be able to make as much as you. Yes. I should not be denied a place um, being admitted into college because I'm taking a slot away from a man that yes take that job at, or could take that role in that school. But, you know, the thing expands, the movement expands from being just about economic issues and fairness issues in uh, the workplace to being also about race, about reproductive rights, about women's health. We about see gay rights. About gay rights. Yes. And so we see that happen about 30 minutes into the movie. And um and and I was glad to see all those other topics touched on because they're all a really important part of the movement because it's not just about money. It's also about conflict in the movement when you're deciding should you be a part of our movement too should sure. you be a part of it and uh i i wish they went in a little bit more about the race issue because uh-huh. that's a complicated and you know sad part about the women's movement is a lot of it was leaving out women of color especially black women and you know spanish speaking women and um and and they didn't know if they wanted to include that i think they feel more comfortable in this movie talking about how they excluded
1: lesbians Uh huh, yes, yeah. That to me... I think you're right, and that to me, about thirty minutes in or so, maybe a little less, is where things got interesting. Because initially, I was a little concerned. Rah that
0: the, rah! Everything's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was
1: very rah rah rah, and and also I was a little concerned that we were going to spend too much time, uh, kind of uh, in, in, in Mad Men world, you know, which which I'm already familiar with, you know, which I which we've seen already the way that you know women are only secretaries and uh, you know the men are being uh, patronizing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but things get interesting in the movie when essentially when things kind of start to splinter and then uh, there's an attempt to reunite everything like you're saying race uh, you know gay rights uh, and i love what i think what i lo- really like is the way that this movement starts to have movements within the movement that that uh, that that have to like Commandeer the movement for themselves. There's that great moment where there's a, a women's liberation. I'm not sure what it was like the women's the second congress on women's liberation, something like that, or women's rights. And um, there's a group of lesbians who who stage essentially kind of a, a stunt. In the middle of it, they shut the lights off, and then when, when the lights go back on, they're all standing up with these T-shirts that say "Lavender Menace," mm-hmm. you know, uh, meaning we're the threatening lesbians, and they start chanting. And essentially, the the the, the women's rights movement has to kind of let them in, but I thought that was interesting because you had a subgroup of a subgroup trying to make its voice heard. That stuff I thought was really interesting, and I thought that was really um, it kind of it harks back to a time that was just really. It was out there. It was out there. The late 60s and the early 70s things were just going haywire and I I love that about that whole that whole era. It's oh, fascinating yeah. to me.
0: And I love that scene you're talking about. I really love that. It's some great. of it's reenacted too. We should note that there yes, are these yes. um, reenactments that reenactments that some people might like, some people might not like so much. I was um, a little
1: on the fence about the reenactments, but I but I can see why why the filmmaker put them in there. They do kind of help. And they, mm-hmm. and, they and they're Move kind it of it
0: along so you're not just yeah. looking at
1: still black and white pictures the whole exactly, time. Exactly. Exactly. So I you know I I thought she's beautiful when she's angry, was a pretty good date. I thought it was interesting.
0: Yeah, I thought it was pretty good, too. I think it's a good primer for people who maybe don't know about the women's rights movement from this era. And particularly for all the women right now who, and girls, who have, you know, gotten on this dumb bandwagon who think feminism is a dirty word. Saying Mm -hmm. you're a feminist is a dirty word in so many parts of America right now. I don't know how that happened. It really pisses me off frankly, because <laughs> yeah. what is wrong with being a feminist we should be thrilled to be in a world that feminists rose up and gave us certain rights and we shouldn't be ma- we, we shouldn't be scared of the word feminist
1: we should be grateful to feminists Kristen, i stand with you
0: <laughs> oh, thank you this they is what you know. a feminist looks like <laughs> <laughs>
1: You say I'm not good looking, but you must be mistooking, because a hundred thousand women can't be wrong.
0: All right, let's talk about another movie, Rafer. This is also uh, about women, starring two women, including one you have a big old crush on.
1: Leighton Meester. Oh, you love some Leighton Meester. Boy, she's good.
0: She's <laughs> And by that, you mean pretty. No,
1: I think she's actually really good. She's been good in everything I've seen her in. <laughs> she, Country I, Strong. Oh, come on. She was the best thing (laughs) in country strong.
0: Oh well, I like Leighton Meester also, and this new movie, she is playing the lesbian to a straight girl. their best friends. Her best friend is being played by Jillian Jacobs. Jillian Jacobs is playing someone who's kind of more traditional, more straight-laced. She's an attorney. She's uh, both of them are about to turn thirty, and uh, her best friend Jillian she she is you know falling in love with a man. She's moving in with him. She's moving into her thirties in a more you know, heteronormative, traditional sort of, you know, let's get married and all of that sort of lifestyle. Meanwhile, Leighton Meester, she is working kind of a dead-end secretary job, receptionist job. She's not good at it. She says, oh, I do this job because I want to make my music my main focus of my life. But as she's on the verge of turning 30, she realizes, when's the last time I even, like, played music. When's the <laughs> last time I actually this is this just the narrative I've been holding on to since I was a teenager and I haven't thought about what I want to do with my life? Why is my love life so unsuccessful? And, you know, the movie takes place in Minneapolis. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah. Hats oh, off hey, to you, my you hometown, go. Minneapolis. But um she, you know, she deals also with the challenges of a smaller dating pool. When you're a lesbian sure. in Minneapolis, there's Jokes about how you end up dating people who your friends have already dated, and the inevitability of just like, oh, I I've, always, I've always wondered about that. You
1: know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Being in a small, I was I was traveling in uh, in New Mexico not that long ago, and this little tiny, I mean they're all pretty much tiny towns in New Mexico, mm-hmm. but in in a really little town, and the uh, waiter at the little cafe that we stopped at. There's just nothing around for miles and miles. And he seemed to me, I'm making a judgment call, he seemed to me pretty obviously gay. And I remember thinking, like, man, where, who are you dating? Who's, How many miles do
0: you have to drive to kiss a guy? Like, do you have to drive, like, 100 miles like I to, think get to about, the nearest man? I really,
1: honestly, really and truly, you would have to drive about 90 minutes to oh find another gosh. gay guy, it seemed to me, out in the middle of nowhere. But anyway, so I, I... I I understand.
0: Yeah, and that's all, you know, played within this movie. Let's hear a clip. You know, maybe I should
1: remember next time
0: that if it starts off with a ton of drama, maybe I shouldn't go there. It's probably a good rule of thumb. Maybe I should date someone a little bit more More mature. Okay. I was going to say more, you know, sure, she's gay, but yeah, what do you really think? So... I want to just get this out of the way. A lot of people are thinking probably, oh, these two best friends who are on slightly different paths... Are they actually going to fall in love with each other? Is there going to be a complicated... No, there's not. I just want to get that out of the way right now.
1: That's what I thought. (laughs) I I hadn't seen the movie. I I, I have not seen the movie, so you're going to have to tell me. But the first thing I thought was, of course, there's got to be some kind of, uh, quote-unquote, experimental scene. No, no, no. I'm glad to hear that, by the way.
0: Yes, and I was so thrilled that it didn't happen because, you know, I I actually am somebody who has a similar situation. One of my very best friends... um, and I, I hate to say the word best friend because I don't want to ex- exclude people. But, uh, you know, I, I moved here to New York. She's gay. I'm straight. And I didn't really know anybody when I moved here. And so I ended up in a large circle of lesbian friends. Uh-huh. And sometimes people would ask, like, oh, have you ever thought about and I'm like, no, I'm straight. <laughs> She's gay. Nothing's going to happen between right. us. And, you know, if something did happen between us, like... Whatever, I guess that would have been fine, but I'm straight, <laughs> Right,
1: so it didn't. Okay, and I always distrust those scenes in movies too. And yes. There's always something a little bit they not they never they feel a little forced, and I always feel like they're there for my benefit, yes, me they the just guy. Like I always feel like titillation
0: for dudes. Yeah.
1: Thanks for that, but I know what you're doing.
0: Yeah, no. So there's no there, there's not that, and I okay good. I, I have to say, it's just it's kind of in the same vein of movie as actually Bridesmaids in a way. You have like. These women who are all 30-ish, who are, you know, trying to become grown-ups, but maybe it's causing rifts in their friendships when one person seems to be being a grown-up better, quote unquote, Mm -hmm, than the other one seems to be doing it. And at the same time you're so tight. You're such good friends. You do things like have sleepovers. You watch America's Next Top Model and drink pink (laughs) wine together. You text each other all day. Even when you're on dates with other people, you're texting each other. And you know to have that kind of friendship where you're so tight with somebody and then dealing with each of you going in different directions, I think that's really what is at the heart of this movie. And I think anybody can relate to that. You don't have to be... uh, gay or straight, and um you don't have to live in Minneapolis. You can totally feel it. And so I thought it was a really good date, Rafer.
1: Oh, okay. I'm yeah, glad to hear life that Life
0: partners, see it. Also, one of my favorite things: efficient economic filmmaking, 90 minutes.
1: 90 minutes! Yes! There we go. Yes,
0: we have movies next week we're gonna talk about that don't follow that rule. No, they and don't. We're not, gonna, we're not gonna talk about those movies now.
1: <laughs> Shot. Her claw. All right, let's talk about the week's big release, Wild, starring Reese Witherspoon. This is uh, one of the season's Oscar contenders, at least certainly an Oscar hopeful. Um, Reese Witherspoon plays Cheryl Strayed. I always thought her name was Strayed, but no, the last name is Strayed. She
0: it's really It's Because she's
1: story. Strayed. It's not her real name. It's a, uh, a pseudonym, a pen name. Mm-hmm. Um, By the way, she's from Minneapolis also. No kidding. Yeah. This is just your week.
0: <laughs> Ladies Where in Minneapolis, it's all for me.
1: I'm underrepresented. Oh, I'm telling poor you. poor man. I feel excluded. Poor
0: straight man from California. <laughs> I feel so
1: bad for you, poor straight man from California. I never see myself. <laughs> okay. So Cheryl Strait is a woman who wrote a memoir in the, uh, I guess it was about the mid-90s or so. Am I right? Mm-hmm. And it was basically about uh, she left behind this very troubled, damaged life that she had made a mess of. She had... Cheated, uh, and I do mean cheated, on her husband. Oh, boy, does she. Boy, does she ever. Again Um, and
0: again and again and again.
1: She'd uh, lost her mother. She'd gotten into drugs. She'd really just kind of gone into a spiral. And her way of uh, getting out of this was to, as she says, put herself in the way of beauty, which is a quote from her mother. And she decides to hike a 1,000 miles alone on the Pacific Crest Trail on the west coast of America. And... uh, Then she later wrote a memoir about it, became a bestseller, and now we've got the movie. Here's a clip. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What is wrong with you?
0: (laughs) What's wrong with you? I'm happy. Happy people sing. Why are you happy?
1: We have nothing,
0: (laughs) Mom. Nothing. No? We're rich in love. Oh, my God. Please. Don't don't even start with that.
1: Now, Kristen, we have kind of seen this movie before. I feel like this is a little bit of a popular... Formula, ever since, I think, Eat, Pray, Love, the woman leaves behind her civilized and and unsatisfying life and goes out into the world to seek something else.
0: And I like this genre of film. I have to say because there have been for so many decades movies about men going off on adventures. Men are going to take on the world. Men who are going into battle. Men who are yada, yada, yada. I love men. I want to make that clear. Thanks. And I love seeing men go on adventures. But it's great to see women do it. It really is fantastic.
1: This, uh, I don't think you saw Tracks with Mia Wasikowska. That Tracks uh, basically... Kind of the same movie came out earlier this year um, based on a memoir from the 1970s um, about a woman who treks uh, across the Australian outback alone, uh, unless you count her camels and her dog. But essentially, you know, goes out for God, I can't remember what it was months, some incredible amount of time crossing the outback. And um, that movie was interesting because. That woman is kind of an enigma. You never quite know what's driving her. Uh, her it's, more, it's something more philosophical in her case. But here we've got something very real with this character of Cheryl who has wrecked her life and is trying to somehow get herself out of it. What did you think of the film?
0: You know, one of the things I really liked about it is it represented somebody who was poor, which we don't see yeah. in movies very often. We don't see people who come from certain class backgrounds like hers. And
1: Unlike Eat, Pray, Love, you're saying.
0: Yes. And which I think is a problem with some of these women exploring the world movies is, oh, of course you're doing this. You're a doctor who just happened to have $80 million in the bank. Right. Like, do you remember in Eat, Pray, Love, at one point she saves a whole town by just calling up her friends and they all write yes. checks. <laughs> yes. and it's just like, let's all just write $10,000 checks to this cause. God, I
1: hate <laughs> that montage in that movie. Boy, I wish you hadn't reminded me Let's of that. Watch
0: Rich people, right? Jack. Right. And Cheryl Strait, she comes from a very, very poor background. We're talking single mom being played by Laura Dern, who's terrific. Wonderful. By the way. Oh my gosh. Wonderful Laura, Laura Dern. Laura Dern is perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Instrument. She's so loving, she's so decent. She's poor. She's not educated.
1: And she's abused. And she's abused. By her husband.
0: Yeah. And, you know, she's playing somebody we don't get to see a lot in the movies. You yes. know, When you're dirt poor and you're trying to raise your kids to have a better situation than you. Yes. I mean, we're talking about sometimes you don't have food on the table poor. Yeah. You know? Yes. And so I really liked being able to see that and I didn't think it was glamorized. I don't think it was turned into poverty porn at all. I just think this is how they lived and and that was well done. And then we see Cheryl out in the world on this trail and we see, I thought it was interesting in a way, an imposed poverty as well. Like going back to the very basics of almost yeah. nothing of, I am just going to live on, for a while, dried mush. <laughs> and, right, right. and And nothing Cold else. Mush. Cold, dry
1: mush. she can't get her, her little stove to work. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Im- yeah, imposed poverty. Yes, there's something kind of interesting about that. I think uh, the abuse, the fact that she came from an abusive home is really interesting because, you know, it came out just recently that— the main character of Into the Wild. Remember that mm-hmm. book? Uh, the, yes. the John Krakauer book yeah, that was made been, yeah. to a movie. Yeah. yeah. It turns out that he was, also came from an abusive home, which yeah. John Krakauer, the author, apparently knew, but yeah. left he, out at his, at, at his family's request.
0: He said that he hinted at it in the book, though. Now, I haven't read the book. He said he hinted at it in the book, but didn't come right out and say it due to the I family request. Did, now, did
1: you read the book? I did read the book. Did you I, see
0: the hints of it at all? I
1: don't. It's been a long time since I read that book. Um, and i don 't recall the hints, um but it 's interesting because I always felt that into the wild never I never could figure out what was driving the character quite mm. and I, and and I liked that kind of enigma of it, but once this news hit, I just thought that would have really that helped. would have that really would have helped that would have really helped explain what had happened here and so it 's kind of interesting that you're almost that you're seeing the story play itself out again. Do you know what I mean? In in this in this film. As as a movie, as an as a work of entertainment, as something that kept you interested and pulled you through to the end. What did you think of Wilde?
0: You know, it did pull me through the end. Yeah. I I was with her most of the time. I I do have to say though I liked Laura Dern more than I liked Reese Witherspoon
1: in this movie. As a sort of as a character, as yeah, an actor, as a character and yeah. as an
0: actor. I mean, I think Reese Witherspoon did a good job, but I mean, the fact is, she is spending most of this movie walking alone and having flashbacks. Yeah,
1: she's alone. Walking she's alone yeah, having flashbacks. Very little walking. character interaction. Uh, you know, that, again, that movie tracks that I mentioned uh, there. Uh, the Mia Was- Wasikowska's character has Adam Driver, a photojournalist, who keeps kind of he pops in every now and then, which happened in the actual story in her actual life. He would pop in every now and then to kind of check up on her and she didn't really like him that much. They were, she kind of <laughs> He found him kind of irritating. Um, but that helped. And in this one, there's very little interaction. You're really just kind of in her mind. But I was with it. I was with it and I got invested. And I have to say there's a a film like this is not really going to have a climax per mm-hmm. se, not the kind of thing that you would expect in a Say a I don't know what an action film or a horror film obviously, but there's there's an emotional climax to the film that I found really moving, really powerful. Oh, I powerful. cried during that did part you, too. Did you? Yeah, I did. yeah. It's, it's an I, encounter that she has, and yeah. I found that um, that really got to me. I yeah. un- I understood it. it. It 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 resonated with me.
0: I agree with you about that scene, but then it ended very quickly and tidily at the end.
1: Yeah, and I and
0: I, and I wish it wouldn't have been so quick and so tidy. The ending of like. And then everything was just fine. The
1: end. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's face it; everything was. She wrote a best-selling memoir, and I think things were gone pretty swimmingly as, yeah. for her, as far as yeah. I can tell.
0: Overall, though, I'd say Wild. I thought it was a really good date.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a good date as well. I was, I was glad to see it. I think Reese Witherspoon is pretty good. Is it going to be an Oscar frontrunner? I don't quite think so, but I think it's a good movie. I think Laura Dern's going to get a nomination for supporting actress. Actually. I think, mm-hmm. I think so too. Yes.
0: So. Pretty good week. Three out of three good dates, all led by women. Two out of three Minneapolis ladies. So, yes, hats off. But stay with us because when we come back, we're going to do a little bit of movie therapy, some listener mail, and as always, trivia. I'm Rafer Guzman. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. And this is Movie Date. Rafer, we get so many voicemails every week. At, at what number?
1: Oh, that would be 5717movies. Seven, seven
0: and we get wonderful listener messages and mail at facebook.com slash podcast. Recently, somebody actually called the hotline. And said they were wondering what we looked like. Oh, really? Yeah. And I just want to remind folks, there's tons of pictures of me and Rafer all over our Facebook page. So if you want to see how gorgeous Rafer is,
1: it's just like one big family family photo album.
0: (laughs) All right. (laughs) But we're bringing all these contact information details up because you can also use Facebook and our phone number to write or call in for some movie therapy.
1: What seems to be the trouble? Can I confess something? I'm just trying to tell you
0: about my feelings.
1: He's been depressed. Help!
0: All right, so this week for movie therapy, we we have an interesting phone call. Somebody who needs some help and we're going to prescribe some movies. Here she is. Hey, Kristen and Rafer. My name is Katherine Campion and I'm in a period of serious transition. I am retiring next year after a long career, two decades long career as a professional actress, and I am training to be a deaf midwife to work in hospice, home funerals, and green burial. I am also exiting Hollywood after all these years and moving to the orchard I just purchased in Ecuador and learning Spanish. So I would love some movies, um, South American films or Spanish language films or anything that might prepare me for that less industrial lifestyle that I'm going to be leading in the Southern Hemisphere. And uh, any movies about transition. Um, All right, thanks for your help.
1: Hmm, Catherine.
0: Catherine. Transition,
1: hey. transition.
0: Going from LA to Ecuador with that orchard you just bought? Holy moly.
1: Yeah. That <laughs> sounds like a pretty good transition to me.
0: Yeah. Now, Rafer, you used to live in Los Angeles. You know what it's like to leave Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So
1: I'm, I'm bread and spread in LA. <laughs> uh, sorry, was that the wrong thing to say? Okay. Um My first my first recommendation to you, Catherine, um, and it's not a Spanish language movie, I'm sorry. It's an Italian language movie, but it, it it fits your circumstances. It's Under the Tuscan Sun from 2003. This is the kind of movie that I think Kristen would say I I it would be a little surprised that I would recommend. Um this is Diane Lane. She plays a woman who's leaving her you know, pretty comfortable, glamorous life. Um she uh, in in New York, of course. Um but you know, New York, LA, same thing. Um <laughs> And she, uh, her, she, her marriage falls apart and she decides to go on a trip to Italy and on the spur of the moment, just out of the blue, a villa catches her eye and she decides, that's it, I'm buying it. And she puts down roots and stays in that villa, renovates it. Here's a clip.
0: I have bought a house in a foreign country. A house and the land It takes two oxen two days to plow. Not having a plow or an ox, I'll have to take their word on that. Buyers' remorse is a very common affliction among new homeowners. Just because you have an acid stomach and a sudden urge to weep, that doesn't mean you've made a
1: mistake. Everybody knows old houses have their quirks, especially 300-year-old houses. I have to say, this isn't, of course, necessarily my kind of movie for the most part.
0: It's my kind of movie. It's
1: totally your kind of movie, but it's really good. And what really makes the movie is Diane Lane, who's just...
0: I love that Diane Lane. God,
1: she's just extraordinary in this film. She's so good. There are a lot of other little subplots that come in and kind of waste your time. There are a couple of young lovers that I found completely meaningless. Mm. You like
0: the young lovers? Who doesn't love a young lover sometimes? (laughs) Don't we all like a young lover from time to time?
1: I could have really done without them. (laughs) Um, But the movie, what I like about this movie is even though at times it feels a little... Schlocky and kind of um, romancy, It never really quite goes where you think it's going to go. It makes it makes some moves towards neat, tidy endings, and then up upends them in what I think are, are smart, grown up, interesting ways. And so, Catherine, I thought of you because you got a you've got an orchard. Diane Lane's got a villa. I think you could relate. That's that's my first prescription to you.
0: Oh, I love that, Rafer What a great recommendation.
1: Thank you, doctor. <laughs>
0: I'm going to recommend Vicky Cristina Barcelona from 2008. Now, Great movie. in this movie, which Woody Allen, by the way, it, when you watch this movie, you might not even feel like it's a Woody Allen movie at first. Yeah. It, it's a little bit different. You know, it's part of his new uh, Woody Allen uh, 3.0, his European yeah. era, because yeah. he had his wacky era, then he had his kind of like New York-y, thoughtful era, and now he's like kind of in this European era.
1: Woody Allen's European vacation. <laughs> Is what it is.
0: <laughs> and this has two really great, strong female characters, including Scarlett Johansson. Actually, three really strong female characters. Oh, Rebecca cause... Hall. Rebecca Hall and Penelope Cruz. Yeah. Yeah, great women. Spanish, uh, yes, but not South America. Sorry, Catherine, this is not Ecuador. Yeah. This is in Barcelona. But, you know, again, there are complications. The characters don't always do what you expect them to. They're out there on an adventure, kind of uh, not just living a privileged European vacation life but also living a complicated inner life and it's a lot of fun and the whole time I was really surprised. I mean I'll show you around the city and we'll eat well we'll drink good wine we'll make love.
1: Yeah who who exactly is going to make love?
0: Hopefully the three of us. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'll get your bill.
1: Jesus, this guy, he doesn't beat around the bush. Look,
0: senor, maybe in a different life. And I think this will be a good adventure movie for you to see as you embark on your adventure. And just think about all of the contradictions and complications that are ahead. And hopefully it'll help you keep an adventurous heart, too.
1: All right, Catherine, those are our recommendations to you. Good luck with the transition. And I, I wonder what you're going to plant.
0: Oh, yeah. Send some gonna... of that to us. Yeah,
1: whatever it is. Now, we
0: both like almonds and peaches, so That's either right. of those are fine. That's right. Yeah, or, or whatever else you grow in an orchard. I coffee? Don't I don't know. Oh, yeah, that would be good, too. Anything. Rafer and I always have coffee.
1: I'll take some Ecuador, or It's not something illegal, is it, Catherine? <laughs> anyway, send that to us, too. Okay, so let's move on, Kristen, to listener mail. What do we got?
0: Hey, guys, this is Joe Kaczarski from Cherry Hill, New Jersey, calling uh, the most
1: recent podcast I listened to, uh, you reviewed the Pulp um, documentary, and uh, I was in college in the 90s, and except for
0: a few minor exceptions, I despise 90s music, so I totally missed Pulp and Oasis, that genre and that whole scene. However, what I have been a fan of these past 10 years is – William Shatner's uh, release has been, and I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but he did a cover on that album of uh, the Pulp song, which is uh, which is phenomenal. You guys should check
1: it out. Thanks a lot. Yes, the Shat.
0: We love the Shat. Yeah, we do. You know, we've we've actually played Shat music, and we we've actually played more than one Star Trek. Stars' music actually on this. That's podcast. right. That's right. <laughs>
1: Leonard Nimoy as well.
0: <laughs> During the Hobbit days, because he has a version of the Hobbit, <laughs> the Bilbo Baggins songs.
1: <laughs> that's a treat.
0: Oh boy, we love them. We love them. So that's a great recommendation.
1: <laughs> Should we play a little bit of the uh, the Shat's oh, version of Common People?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Let's totally play that. She told me that her dad was loaded. I said, in that case, I'll have a rum and Coca Cola. She said, fine. And in 30 seconds' time, she said, I want to live like common people. I want to do whatever common people do. I want to sleep with common people. I want to sleep
1: with common people like you. You'll never live like common people. (laughs) Great song, great version.
0: Love it. Love it so much. Thank you so much for that call. As always, you can call us at 5717movies for, you know, feedback, movie therapy, any reason at all.
1: Criticism. Anything. Insults.
0: Yeah, all of that's fine. Yeah, if you want to find out what our address is, you can send us uh, your exports from your orchard. All of that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) Now, as always, we end things with a little bit of trivia. And last week, what did we ask Rafer?
1: Last week, we were talking about uh, the imitation game with Benedict Cumberbatch. He played a cryptographer. Yum. Oh, you love that guy. Cumberbatch. Yeah, you certainly are. Uh, <laughs> he played a cryptographer during World War II. He was trying to crack the Enigma code. And uh, we asked you to name another film about the German Enigma machine. Here's the clip. There's no way the Do not knot even and fire positioning is a 39 destroyer. Unless we go deep at 160 meters, we can shoot out a bunch of junk from the forward tubes. It will reach the surface and create a debris field. Now the destroyer is going to go to the center of that debris field, shut off its engines to make it real nice and quiet, and do an acoustic search to make sure we're dead. But we're not. You see, we're here on our way up to periscope depth. The the giveaway is the voice, of course. And we did get the right answer. McConaughey. <laughs> That's right, Matthew McConaughey. Here's the right answer. Hello, Ray Frank Kirsten. This is Hander from sunny, sunny Los Angeles with, with an answer to this re- trivia question. That is the infamous U-571, a uh, very good but very inaccurate film uh, as it depicts Americans stealing the Enigma machine when it was the British who stole it. All right. Take that. That is correct. And you were correct, Andrew, about uh, the fact that it was the British who stole that machine. As we see in the imitation game, they Mm -hmm. have an Enigma machine in that movie. Um, The Americans did no such thing. (laughs) They were of no help on that on that point. And if I were the British, I'd be kind of mad about that, too. Don't you think? Yes.
0: Also, can I say, that's like one of the worst titles for any movie ever made. <laughs> you five, I seven,
1: always, U-571, the worst. I
0: never can keep the numbers straight in the letters. I'm like, you...
1: Yeah, no, it's t- it's terrible. I, I, it's I just, a terrible I title. I can't
0: keep it. It's horrible. It's, it's like, like on, my, th- on my list of like top 50 worst movie titles of all time. Maybe even top 10.
1: That, it reminds me of a movie. And in fact, I'm going to prove my own point because now I can't remember if this movie that I'm about to bring up is called Turk 182 or if it's called Turk 183. The movie where Timothy Hutton played the graffiti artist, <laughs> and that was his terrible, terrible tag name? Yeah.
0: You know what? Only use numbers if you're going to be like t- the taking of Pelham 123. Right, now, there, you, that's, now, that's no- fine. That's
1: a number you can keep track that of. That one,
0: one two, three, I can totally do that. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So for this week's trivia, we're going to, in honor of all these fantastic women-led movies this week, and specifically in honor of Wild, where Reese Witherspoon goes off on an adventure by herself, we're going to play a clip of another movie where a woman finds herself on an, an adventure out in the world. Here's the clip.
1: Now, I ain't cheap, but I can't be had. My minimum price for taking a stranded woman to a telephone is $400. Will you take 375 in traveler's checks? American Express? Of course. A uh, deal. If you know the name of that movie give us a call 5717 movies it's a movie by the way a hint that rafer and i both
0: love Oh we love this movie you can also message us at facebook.com slash movie date podcast are you
1: sure you want to live like common people you want to see whatever common people see you want to sleep with common people you want to sleep with common people like me but she didn't understand